tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another Rain After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. And although we are excited, we are in mourning. There's a lot to talk about. Not a not a lot of it plot driven, but more emotional. It's it's an emotional day here um, at the Rain After Show. First of all, the pink elephant or white elephant in the room. I don't know what color it should be, but Francis's dad. It took a while, but he's gone. It took five episodes. It did. Well, that's not a while. Second, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Keen Marky, ladies and gentlemen. Keen I know you Markey. guys are all like really, really sad that I'm back, but I'm back. Bill's really upset about it. Hi. And for those of you on uh, watching, Keaton is uh, dressed up in mourning. I'm yeah. For for Francis. Now, ironically, here's the thing. Before we get into this episode, kind of a strange turn of events in the real world. Mm-hmm. In France, of all places. Yes. And uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you must be living under a rock. Uh, just just Friday, uh, Paris suffered numerous attacks. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting that more than ever, when you, when you kind of look at a show like this, that yes, you're watching fictionalized drama, but how you know they had problems and how these sort of the same problems in different manifestations exist today. I, I think that's that's a definitely a unique way to like look at it and also just because in this episode particularly they were traveling to Paris and it just I don't know, I feel like it Paris will never be the same, the world will never be the same and I just, you know, our thoughts and prayers obviously are with everybody that has been affected by this cuz I feel like the world has been affected by this and so Oh, it still gives me chills. I hate hate. I hate people who hate, who spread hate. So we just need to spread love. That's that's the only way I can really get through kind of comprehending what happened. Yes. So, but we are not here to talk about no. Paris. No, we're not. We're here to talk about a different Paris and a different France from a different time. Mm-hmm. So all in all, before we get into... Before we get into Francis, let's talk about... There's basically two storylines. There's Bash and there's Francis. And everything in the episode is intertwined, either one or the other, and then eventually both. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about Bash and Delphine. They're getting a little hot and heavy, but they're also disconnecting. And they are... This is like E.T. splitting apart from Elliot. Yes. I just... I've never really liked Delphine, and I'm I'm curious as to how you feel about her since, like, her coming in has kind of made Kenna go away. Well, I don't think... I think there's... I don't know. I can't 100% say, but I think there was some behind-the-scenes stuff that... So there's... I think it's... That is the reason that we don't see Kenna more so than that Delphine now is, Mm -hmm. like, the end-all, be-all for Bash. I liked Bash and Kenna. I like Bash and Kenna, too. 
However, now we have Delphine and... Do you think she's good or bad? Because I think it's still up in the air. I think she's good. I think she's good. I mean, she definitely obviously has powers that can rival Nostradamus. I would agree with that. And and the fact that we got confirmation today that it was a man. You know, I'm, I'm glad, like, this whole supernatural thing, we can always deduce it to something more, you know, yes, there's witchcraft or wizardry involved, <laughs> but School at the end of the day... <laughs> The school of Hogwarts, but at the end of the day, it's it's a singular kind of person. That's just. I feel like, but I feel like Delphine and Nostradamus is. I think their their gifts are very different. Very I don't, much, so. yeah. Because Hostradamus, who, yay, he's back. That's another exciting thing that that uh, has happened within. Yeah, but every episode. time he comes back, he brings bad news. So he stay does. Away. He's he's like a, he's like Debbie Downer. Like Hostradamus does not have good things. He does not bring tidings of good joy. No, uh, he is not the wise man. <laughs> um, but no, he is a very wise man. Um, I don't know. I just I feel like Delphine can control her powers, and Nostradamus can't. He can share what he learns from his powers, but I don't think he has any control where I think Delphine has control and she chooses when she uses the the power she has or doesn't use the power she has. Well, at this point, now that she's split apart from, from Bash and now that they've discovered this person, this entity, mm-hmm. uh, she, I mean, yes, she has control of her powers to do certain things. But she doesn't have the power to stop him. She has no control over her body of of this pain. Yeah, but she saved Francis's life. Like that that gift alone is kind of like that's like beats. That's like Hostradamus is here. Delphine is not here. Okay. She's bringing. She's raising the dead. It's crazy for like three days. <laughs> Well, no. Okay, and I would love to just to get into this, and I would love to ask the people also who are uh, kind of watching live now. Do you think that Francis, like, do you think it's just fate that he was fated to die? He was marked for death, and that's why death got him so quickly afterwards. Or do you think it was just like an accident, like a fluke? Like, what do you think in the world of rain that that was? I'm gonna answer that. But let's stick to Delphine. Okay, I know, I know, I know. I'm just going to talk about Francis. I know you do, and so do the people, but it's <laughs> this is the foreplay before. Whoa. Phil and I get into floor play, guys. Floor play? <laughs> See what happens when I'm away for a while? <laughs> um, no, but, okay, so, you know, this guy's now taking hearts, and, uh, you know, he has his whole jars, and now that he's sort of been discovered, he escalates the num- he, He's vengeful. Yeah. And so what what do we think kind of is going on there? I like that we kind of progressed it in that way and that we at least have a location. Obviously, he's not going to return there. No. I don't know. He reminds me of, um, oh, what was it? in uh, two, I think it was two seasons ago. No, it was a season ago before mid-season finale. The guy with the sharp teeth. That, um, yeah, I, I, you know, who that's who I feel like it's related to that. It's related to, uh, the, the pagans that like live in the woods. I think it has to do with that. And I think that's why Bash is going to be drawn in again and so involved again. And I think that part of his life that's kind of been MIA is going to come back full force. And I think that's, well, I, I also think that's why he has such a connection with Delphine. Mm-hmm. Is because I think she comes from that world, and I think that he was born. That's what his mother was. That's like, and I think that's in his blood. So, do you think Delphine is going to stick around? I think 
I think the safe answer is yes. Yes, but I don't think I think she's going to end up like screwing Bash in the end. Not like screwing him, like sleeping with him. She's already done that, but like I I don't think she's a good guy. I think she's a good. The interesting part would be because you know we'll talk about more Nostradamus, but in the vague sense, he said that he's not staying, and so Catherine always has a fondness for him. Now, obviously, with the turn of events, here's Catherine putting in new sheets for Francis and Mary, and Delphine is next in line to to receive I know. like Catherine a makeover. Catherine was a different human being this episode. It was weird. But the point is that do you think Delphine and Catherine are now going to like work together, or eventually now it's going to become this like trinity of Delphine, Nostradamus, and Catherine? Well, I think I think Nostradamus is leaving, and I think. Catherine's going to try to control Delphine, but I think Delphine is not going to want anything to do with it. They've never really interacted, have they? No, they haven't. And I think Delphine is going to see... See, I don't know. Because I think Delphine is bad. So... Why do you think she's bad? Why I just, do you keep I, saying this? I, that whole little spell thing, I don't... I Like, the whole thing with, like, even though she's, like, disconnecting herself from Bash, the fact that you connected yourself with Bash in the first place, girl, you didn't even know him. Like, come on. He was married. I, I just don't know. I don't trust that. I don't trust her. She lost my trust from that, from doing that. You're putting... You're putting him in pain and you're like I didn't even think it worked yeah yeah right you didn't think it worked she knew it worked so I could I could see it going one of like two ways she's either like doesn't want to work with Catherine at all because she doesn't want to be kind of pinned with Catherine as evil or she's gonna because she's trying to like seem nice or she's going to work with Catherine so that she can do her to buy <laughs> she can be diabolical and uh you know fulfill her plan that she's probably working with this man who's stealing all the hearts and she's like going to be the inside person in the castle i think because i don't i don't trust her do you guys trust her i think i mean just okay so this this is you asked me um was francis fated to die and this is Mm -hmm. this kind of ties in both i'm gonna uh, in lord of the rings in the behind the scenes features i love it there was that they say you know that remember the crystal balls whatever they're called which crystal balls the looking thing yes the ball that sees yes. whatever yes. palantir sure say that again up oh, there palantir went. okay that. that that so that you know yes it gave a glimpse into things that were happening but at the same time uh, they were always misinterpreted right they didn't have the right perception number one it could have been. Um, at the moment, it could have been in the future, and it and it just kind of uh, galvanized people to do rash things based on a certain vision. Mm-hmm. And so, like, so you, again, by kind of thinking one way, you therefore create it. Yeah, I, I see that. And so that's the problem with these visions. Yes, mm-hmm. and that, that's why. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Like. He he could have been like, oh, I saw this, and then if Francis would have died, it would have been like, oh, that must have meant this, and we misinterpreted it. You know, it's it, it, simply put, it's if I tell you don't think about elephants, now you think about elephants. Type of Why scenario. Me, it's like no, the game. You know, the game. Like it's I just the lost game. the game. What the hell? Like is if it? you think about the game, you lose the game. Okay. People online, you know what the game is. I'm so no sorry. 
you've all lost the game because I just lost the game. And now Phil knows what the game is and it will, it will follow you for the rest of your life. And anytime you think about the game, you've lost the game. So now you've sure. lost the game. <laughs> Highly confused right now. We know we have a lot of people. So just to go back to Delphine really quick, uh, a lot of people don't trust her. Let's see. Last year, Alan, she doesn't trust Delphine. Oh no, she she doesn't trust Delphine, but she doesn't think she's a she's a bad person. Um, who does? I, yeah, nobody really trusts her. Christine Baker doesn't trust her. Rebecca Welberg doesn't trust Why her. Why do all the women not trust Delphine? Crystal, but you just you. These are, are all women you've named that not you know Becky and 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 everyone else. Why don't you trust Delphine? Am I as a man blind to beauty? I think you are. Okay. I think that's your problem. Um, but yeah, no, I'd be interested to see what what they they think about that. But I think that's that's exactly right. And I think that's the been the problem and like. The problem with superstition and with kind of having somebody like Nostradamus in your life where he has these visions and all that jazz. So, I don't know. Yeah, so let's, let's get into it, right? Let's so, get into it. We have a new lease on life for Francis. It was, can we, his scene, his last scene with his mom when he was so happy and she was so happy. It was just it was like, like. I was really, yes, I was so emotional this entire episode. Like, I literally was crying on the couch today, like, watching it. I was crying. Well, I think they did their job because, and especially coming off of the heels of last episode where it looked like that could have been it. But again, the pre, you know, as we talked about last episode, not with you, but with our new co-host, Alina. Who I can't wait to meet Alina. Uh, we were saying that it was just too quick. And had they done it there, it would have been so gut-wrenching. Mm-hmm. And now watching this episode, I mean, we knew kind of from, from the beginning, the way the episode was set up, that he was just going to die. Too many good things were happening all at once. I, I didn't think they were going to knock him off. I thought maybe they'd, they'd give us one episode where we weren't like, is he going to die? Is he going to die? Like, just one episode of just love and beauty. I'll give you the nah. secret. I'll give you the secret. And I ripped my heart out. When you're on a sailboat. And he finally teaches her how to sail, and it's I know, beautiful. This, it felt like a Nicholas Sparks movie. Like, it really... Well, there you go. So that's what I'm saying. It it was very much set up. Too many good things are happening, front-loaded with goodness and joy. We're going to slowly burn that candle away. I wish, you know, I think the the one thing that I wish we could have seen Francis do, because I don't really think we got to see him... It's a little heartbreaking that we never really got to see him say goodbye to his son. Um, I, we kind of had that scene with him talking to um, to Lola, but like I wish we could have gotten like a you know just maybe a little father son moment, a little a little monologue that he gives his son about you know probably leaving because he's known he was dying for a while. Uh, but I, I felt like that was the only kind of thing I felt that was that didn't have closure. Um, I'm glad that he went out the way he did, even though he went out because it kind of gave him like a more heroic death than uh, what the Francis King Francis had in real life because he did just die of sickness. Um, and I think it just it was a nice closure to him and Mary's relationship and what we've seen happen since the very first episode of of this series because I, Francis is such a beloved character. We've all known that we were losing him soon. And I'm glad that he kind of went out in a way of he had accepted it. He fought. He did it. He he, he died for Mary, and I think that that's that makes sense for their uh, the arc Mary of their story. Him. 
Literally and figuratively. She, she, they both, you know, got their happy ending. No, not their <laughs> before the bad thing, but, um, but I don't know. Like, and I've seen all over the Twitterverse, like the fact that they did get it on. Maybe Mary's pregnant now. Maybe he left her a little gift. I don't know. I mean, it, it certainly could point that way, especially with the way Catherine was saying, "You guys need a, you guys need happiness in here, and and so on and so forth in order to have a baby." Mm-hmm. That was as happy as they were going to get. They're so cute. They had the whole lake. They, they had... were naked. They were just... But that all I could think of when they were running into the woods was, why are these two people going alone into the woods? And then when Mary wandered off, I was like, why are you going by yourself? Like, why are you being stupid? I don't know. It just was like they were too so much it, in bliss. And... So should the, what, the guardians should have just been there, like, watching No, them? they should have stayed together. If you're not with... If you're the freaking king and queen of France, if you're going to wander off just you two, don't wander off just you by yourself. Like, come on. That's just dumb. Mm-hmm. Mary, what are you doing? Where were you going, Mary? I don't know. That just she seems... was getting the picnic stuff. It seems stupid. I mean, I agree. I feel like I, I, there should have been like, a th- hey, check in on us every twenty five minutes. There should have been something. There should have been some like, or the guards just should have done their job and maybe been like creeping in the woods, peeking out, like watching. I mean, mm-hmm. not in a creepy way, but like just to protect them type of way. Yes, which is very different from a... Oh, my gosh. Crystal, I, sorry if I say your name wrong, uh, Pacio, pa, or pa, Pacheco says, just shows she should have chosen Bash. Ouch! Whoa! That, I, that's yeah. bringing up some dark, like, past. No, I think that's 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 done. Yeah. Mary Bash is done. That's not going to happen. Sorry. Delphine is now in Bash's life. Yeah, Bash makes, I don't know, he gets blinded by beautiful women, just like you, Phil. Kenna, Mm. Delphine. You know, hey, my heart is still with Kenna, (laughs) okay? I I just don't think Delphine's that evil. Now, okay, so let's let's take a step back. Um, Let's talk about the the sort of treaty that Catherine presents. Again, all kind of good things. With a slight tinge of, uh, she, you know, Mary has to give up her birthright. Oh, no, that Catherine, that Elizabeth. Yes. England presents to her. Yes. Which, I'm sorry, to save thousands of civilian lives, not only civilian lives, but soldier lives, just citizen citizens' lives and create peace. Mary, you're already the queen of two countries. Stop being selfish and Well, just, she was. She, it was Francis who told her hey, you know, don't give up your birthright I know, but so this easily. is something that she maybe could have done, like, negotiated, like, months before. I, You know what? Okay, so then why don't you think she did? Why didn't she? Yeah, why didn't she come up stubborn. with this? Uh, why didn't she come up with I don't know. I think she didn't do it because she's very stubborn. And, um... But I was glad when she was finally signing it. I was like, this is good. This is a good move for Mary. And so when she ripped up the paper out of anger and in a time when, like, she should not be making serious political decisions, like ripping up very important documents that you can't get uh, Francis's signature on anymore because he is dead, what are you doing, Mary? What are you doing? Well, she, she definitely started a, a catalyst down the wrong path. Mm. So... 
mean, so you you thought it was a good decision. I thought it was a good decision. It looked like it was, it it could find give Mary peace for some time. I mean, obviously Elizabeth is she's she's she was kind of a crazy monarch, and she was power hungry, and she wanted to prove that she could handle everything by herself as a female. And so a lot of times she made very rash decisions. And so you're always going to fear Elizabeth. But if you can, like, create peace for at some point and save more lives, I think, you know, these are the type, those are the type of characters that they've given, like, Mary. That's what Mary and Francis have always wanted. They've wanted to just protect people and save lives as many as they absolutely can. Death is, like... Death to their citizens, death to their friends, death to anybody. They're so against that, and they always try to prevent it to the point sometimes when they even cause more destruction by trying so hard to prevent it. So the fact that this is something that could end so much destruction, why wouldn't they do it? And why would Francis be so angry about it? I don't know. I I thought it was the right decision, but at the same time, especially during this time, it makes me wonder of the fact, like, who upholds these agreements, right? I mean... Yes, there's quote unquote legal systems, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, you're not going to go like to a UN and be, because just like I imagine, it, if another character, let's say like King Henry, came in, he'd been like, "So it's a piece of paper. Rip it up. Let's let's invade." But like back you know in the mean? day, but back in the day, it was a different type of, um, I don't know. Like it's just like that. Those those contracts were binding like they they didn't just it wasn't just like it wasn't just like how people get married these days and they're like ah, i'll just get a divorce like those are very serious phil i assume that they took those very seriously so i don't know i think she would have held up yes and no i mean again during these times like a handshake could have been the equivalent of a legitimate deal Mm -hmm. right Uh, and and people stood by those but again i i just think someone like a king henry if he were to come in at any given point, he would be like, what paper? I don't care. It's a piece of paper. Well, it's King Henry. You know. Well, that's what I'm it. saying. It's crazy. You know, all it takes is one crazy <laughs> person to just... Yeah, so what? I know. Okay, somebody said that the contract didn't even... Oh, wait. Um, it was cool to see that Adelaide Kane had done her research, and the signature looked very close to the real uh, Mary Queen of Scots signature. That's really awesome, too. She's a good forger. Also, the contract didn't even have uh, her five up to cl- for her future children. It was a good deal for Mary. Oh, so like her children could still claim legit like the throne of England because it just was a contract for Mary. That is interesting. Wait, hmm. doesn't she cut off the bloodline though? Who, Mary? Well, in the sense, like if she gives up her right, then how does that continue? Well, her children can claim the right again. I don't know. Bash at one point they, was court Bash at to? one point was claiming the right of the throne of France. Who knows? It's This is what I'm saying. The legal system of medieval times is non existent. This is not medieval times. This is the Elizabethan era. Is that not during like medieval? No. Medieval was I think prior to this. Well. Fair Sorry. <laughs> well, all right then. Um did anything else happen this episode? Can we talk about when like Catherine kind of comforts Mary and then when Mary like how Mary and Catherine's relationship now is being predicted to somewhat change yeah let's let's, let's talk about that because uh, obviously um, so Catherine I mean it all starts with the, that she wanted to be regent now she doesn't need to be but now she 
has to be. Mm-hmm. And the way, as Nostradamus says, and this was not a prediction, this was just more friend to friend, finally, mm-hmm. like, hey, you want to get it? Choose your answer. Yeah, you need her to help you. Um, yeah, and I think I've, I really, really liked the role Catherine took this episode. She, she is hurting too, but she even took the role of mother to Mary to comfort her. And really just, I just come like, I don't know. It just, it just seemed, we've seen Catherine take this role before with Mary and Catherine is so good when she is like caring for Why do you think she wasn't upset? I think she is upset. I think we're going to see in in future episodes, we're going to see her mourning. We're probably going to see her dreaming about Francis because she knows she's very into the supernatural. I think we're going to get that from her. But I think she at that point was like, I need to be strong for Mary to back her and give her strength right now in this time when we just lost the King of France. Okay, but but again, if you're Catherine and you knew that Francis was going to die and then come to find that it's because literally Mary is the cause of Francis's death. Wouldn't that make Catherine very upset? It would, but it didn't. No, because Catherine understood, like, Catherine understood. Because, like, there was nothing. I think Catherine finally was like, yes, I had no control over this. And, and, And I don't think Catherine blames Mary anymore. I think she might end up, like, thinking about it and, like, reminiscing over it. And maybe by the end of, like, the season, well, I, she might I be blaming Mary she, and want she, to kick her out. But she's not blaming Mary right now. Even when Mary came to her and was like, I'm so sorry, it's my fault. Catherine's like, no, it's not. It This this happened. And, like, we can't do anything about it. And it's terrible. But Francis loved you. And he he chose to do what he wanted to do. And none of us could have stopped him. We, we always tried and none of us could. I don't know. So I think she she came to terms with it, and she's trying to just be there for Mary right now. And I think, especially with Hostradamus giving her, like, you need to work with her at this point, I think it's going to give her even more reason to want to find empathy with Mary and help solace with Mary to help her get through this time when they're both feeling a lot of loss. Yeah. And it was interesting. She said she called Francis her favorite son, even though she's not supposed to have favorites. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you have a favorite? Because you have two dogs. Do you have a favorite? Uh, well, luckily it's a it's a boy and a girl, so yeah. it makes it a little bit easier. <laughs> you don't have a favorite. They're both my favorite. Okay, yeah. <laughs> now, Francis. Oh, yeah. So somebody brought up again. Uh, Francis is dead, so Catherine's fear of Mary is over. Um. Yeah. Which is. Real politics means that she still needs Scotland as an ally, so she needs to be nicer to Mary. Yeah, I mean, politi- but again, politics is one thing, whereas emotion is a whole other, yeah, right? No, I mean, that the, that's exactly what happened with um, with Mary. Her, the emotions got the best of her, mm-hmm. i.e. the politics really suffered when she threw that paper into the fire. Yeah. I don't know. It should be interesting, and... I just, everybody did such a good job in this episode, and I was crying. I think they handled it really, really well. And, yeah, it was just, it came at a very strange time for this episode to air. So I think it was just, I don't know if that even made it have more of an effect. I don't know. It was just, it was a really moving episode. So thank you, CW, and thank you, But I am surprised that they went ahead and did air. I mean, obviously the two are not. Yeah. But... But I've seen some shows pull back, and again, the fact that they didn't, it's not like, I'm not upset by it by any means. No, me neither. I, I, and I don't think it was distasteful. I don't think it was distasteful at all. 
Um, but yeah, no, it was it was a good episode, and I'm curious it, to see now what's going to happen. And and like also like shout out to Toby who has been like I'm gonna miss King Francis. I'm gonna miss him a lot. What is what is France without Francis? I know <laughs> that line. That one really like that. That one was hard to hear from from Queen Catherine. What is France without Francis? But um, yeah, no, it was. Here's the good news. We've got we've got in this episode we've got Castle Corner. We've got some crazy thing that Keaton's going to go off uh-huh. about, which I, I forget exactly what it is. <laughs> and then uh, we'll get into predictions. But the good news is um, Entertainment Weekly came out with um, an article that kind of lays out where we're going. So we're going to have kind of a spoiler-filled prediction portion. But we'll give you a heads up. We'll say spoiler alert before I let Phil go on his tangent. That's right. But first... What are we doing first? Let's let's start with Castle Corner. Castle Corner. Okay. Do we have the castles re- the, the pictures ready? Oh, man. Get excited. So this is a French castle. How do you say the name? That's for you to tell us. Oh, Lord. That's your punishment to read aloud to the fans... The Castle Corner. I'm going to read aloud, but you don't have the name of Here, it show me. listed. Show me. You don't have the name. Is it, cru- is it cru- Cruelly? Cruelly? Is that that one? We're going to sound it out. Cruelly? Cruelly. Keen is passing me the computer very lamely. <laughs> All right. Um, Cruelly. Yes. Corelli, okay. Yeah, That's we'll the name. That. I didn't know if that was the name or if that was the name of the owner of it. Okay. Corelli. So this castle has been modified throughout history. Around 1050, it did not resemble a, de- a defensive fortress, but a large agricultural domain. In about 1360, while wow, this castle is old, in about 1360, with, a, with the Hundred Years' War, it was modified into a fortress. During this period, its architecture was demolished and reconstructed with each occupation by the English and the French. Look how pretty this place is now. Great garden. Yeah, the, the gardens. Um, so if you see, the square tower was built in the 14th century. A watchtower was added in the 15th century. A drawbridge in the front of the keep. It was removed later in the 16th century, probably when they got rid of the moat, because those are dirty and uh, cause disease, which they found out. Indoor plumbing is great. Uh, <laughs> fortification of the walls and demolition of other buildings likely to pose a danger to besieged inhabitants, stables, all those fun things. Uh, with the end of the war in 1450, the ownership of the castle returned to the Baron de Corelli. It sounds like Corelli de Ville. I like it. <laughs> it was demolished on the orders of Louis the uh, Louis the, the 11th, right? I think What's, that's what is it. XI? Yeah, the 11th. The 11th in 1461. Wow, that's a lot of Louis. Um, uh, though, uh, through plain jealousy, according to legend, when Louis XI passed through Corelli in 1471, he authorized its rebuilding to thank the local people for their warm welcome. In the 16th and 17th century, the barons made modifications, filling the interior ditch, uh, and destruction of the drawbridge, construction of a Renaissance style turret, and large windows. They're so pretty. And, uh, outbuildings originally, uh, and all these other things that were added in the 17th century such as stables and all that fun stuff. Uh, 22 barons of the same family have succeeded to the castle between 1035 and 1682. Can you imagine? Wouldn't that be so cool to like live in the same house that your like entire family has lived in for 600 years? Awesome. I'm sorry. I, I think that's really cool. 
you know, you always want to renovate and kind of remodel. But. I know, but like, just think like you go in like to the attic and you're like, oh, what do we got in here? Got to like spring cleaning and you find something from freaking 1035. What? Uh, sometimes that can be scary. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's cool. In 1682, the last Baron of Corelli, um, Anton the Fifth, they, I'm so sorry, I'm butchering all these names. Uh, he was very in, he was very much in debt. He sold the castle to Jean Baptiste Colbert, like the Colbert report, uh, <laughs> minister of Louis the Sixteenth, who died the following year without living there. Descendants of Colbert occupied Corelli until the French Revolution in 1789, when it was confiscated and sold to various rich landowner owners. In 1946, the commune of Corelli became the owner of part of the site. The castle's large hills are used today for various events, including weddings, concerts, exhibitions, and conferences. The site is classified as a monument historique. Okay, I want to get married here. This is beautiful. I love this place. It's really, really cool, and it's really, really old. I feel like you say that of every castle that you want to get married there. I do. I want, but I, you know, this one honestly is moving to the top of the list. I'm have to. I I've never heard you, about this castle. You would be divorced a lot in order to make that happen. Uh, no, you just or every remarried. every anniversary you just renew your vows in a new castle. Sounds like fun to me. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like you gotta get a rich husband. <laughs> hey. Single, ready to mingle, guys. Uh, <laughs> oh, look, they love, Rebecca loves this castle. I love it. I love it. So does Crystal, thinks it's really pretty, too. It is I love this cool castle. castle. Yeah, if you guys know of any cool castles that you've been to, uh, tweet photos to us or put them in the comments, send us links, and we'll try to do that castle, too, and we'll show your photo. The good news is we castle. have a whole book on castles, but Keaton refuses to bring it in. It's on my coffee table, and I really like it. And when I get bored, I open it and I read about castles because I love castles. Then why am I still doing the Castle Corner segment? Because you're so good at it, Phil. You have a whole <laughs> book on this. Okay, I just want to touch on this, and this is really, really random, but I randomly watched this documentary on Netflix called The Real Beauty and the Beast. And I was just, I got up early one morning, and I was like eating breakfast, and I was like, what is this on Netflix? And I was like, what's oh, this? I like Beauty and the Beast. I like Disney. I'm going to watch this. And it was really, really cool because the real Beauty and the Beast that inspired, obviously, the classic, uh, you guys know the Disney probably story the most, um, but it happened during the reign of King Henry and Catherine de' Medici. So it's super interesting that, like, it's during the same time period. And I'm surprised they haven't brought any of this kind of storyline into the rain storyline just because they do kind of have that supernatural side of it be too. too much we got we got enough going on i know i don't know so basically the real beauty and the beast there's a condition known as hyper hypertrichosis um but in the 1500s and so hypertrichosis is basically i don't know if you guys have ever seen the guy that's like called like the wolf man where he literally has hair from like head to toe like his entire face is covered hands arms everything um so, like, now we know what it is, and it's super, super rare. It's um, genetically pa- – it's a trait that's genetically passed along. Um, but in the 1500s, it would um, – everybody thought that was, like, the wolf man, and they – or the wild man is what kind of, like, they would label people who had this. And these wild men or these wild people were sold and given to royals. They kind of collected the weird and kind of, like, Ripley's Believe It or Not stuff. The royals kind of – that made them feel more powerful and cooler. They're like, look at my collection of cool things. Besides exotic animals, I have a wild man. Anyways, they got this one boy. His name was uh, Petrus Gonzalez, Gonzalez, I think. And um, 
he he was captured and he was given as a gift to Catherine and Henry. And um, all the like physicians were watching him and stuff, but he would never fight back and he would never scare anybody or be a, the typical wild man. So Henry was like, hey, this is cool. Let me try this. Let's try to raise him like a nobleman. That's that's let's teach this wild man to be a nobleman. And so they let him go to school and he was really, really good. And like, they raised him up as a nobleman, even though they kept him kind of as like the sideshow thing, but they paid him for that. And then when Henry died, Catherine obviously went crazy and killed a lot of people, um, in the real life story. But, uh, she then wanted to breed wild men. So she found a bride for him and forced this girl to marry him. And, have children, and they had four children that were not all hairy, like four normal children, and four children that were um, had the hypertrichosis. Uh, and it's a really cool documentary; you can watch for free on Netflix. But uh, basically, they lived until their eighties and stayed together, and you know, kind of made the best of their situation and did fall in love. And it's it's a kind of cool. I didn't realize Beauty and the Beast was based on a true story. <laughs> So that's so that's Cinderella. my random thing. I just I thought it was cool. I don't, randomly went, came across it this week. So there you go. Check that out. Yeah. Check out some castles and mourn the loss of Francis. Now, so we're we're about that time where we get into predictions. So let's get into it. And now you're after. They like my beating the beast thing online. I'm, it's a very interesting. She says story. it's her favorite Disney movie. Christine Barker Baker. Yeah. Um. So what are your predictions? And then I'm going to give you concrete things. Hmm. Because I can't really predict because I know at this point. I think until the mid-season finale, I think we're going to see Catherine and Mary working together. I think Mary is going to be pregnant. Okay. And... You know, Francis, one of the last things, and we didn't really touch on this, he's, he's like, I want you to fall in love again like you fell in love with me. And so I think we're going to maybe get a glimpse of who her new love might be. But not not for a few, like... Not Condé. No, not... Condé, no. Um, I wish. He's so cute. Um, no, but I don't think we'll see it until the end, like, of the mid... Like, close to the mid-season finale. I think that's when we might get introduced to who this potential new love might be. All right. Um, give me some concrete stuff. So these... Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! From here on in, it is nothing but spoilers. So, if, uh, if you don't need spoilers, follow Keaton at... Keaton Markey on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. Good. At Keaton Markey, yeah. Well, I'm just I'm just trying to wrap it up for the people that are going to tune out unless they. Oh, where can this... we find you at AfterBuzz TV? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Spoiler alert! Spoiler that, alert! I literally Spoiler was about alert. to just go out. Spoiler the door. alert! I was going to just go. All that right. was terrifying, Stephen. All right. So Lori McCarthy, uh, who is the showrunner of the show, says a bunch of things on Catherine. Quote, it doesn't just affect Mary's life, it affects Catherine, who after a lot of really interesting dramatic struggle, goes on to become a leader in her own right. She becomes the regent of France for decades to come. Um, France's death shifts the power dynamic at court between Narcisse and Catherine. There's going to be a huge battle for regency coming up and a blossoming relationship between she and Narcisse because his ambition is going to be awakened again. Uh, no, Narcisse. Uh. Right. 
So there's that one. Poor Lola. Lola gets the worst of them. I feel so bad for that girl. Well, okay, so should I skip ahead to Lola? All right, so this is Lola's. Lola might be a married woman, but she still just lost the father of her child. Um, So, quote, the dynamic is that she gave birth to the son of the king of France. She couldn't go anywhere. Well, now she can. So... What does that mean? We'll find out. Because especially if she finds... I mean, she's very smart, so she's going to find out about Narcisse. Oh, yeah. And why would not Narcisse not then use the fact that he's the stepfather to the bastard... The, the bastard son of the king of France who could have a claim to the throne. Why wouldn't Narcisse use that? Why does he have to sleep with Catherine? I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. Well, we'll find out. Okay, well. Claude, our favorite princess. Claude! Or Favorite princess, certainly. Oh, no, Lath and Greer need to get back together. We'll find out. Uh, there's no thing on Greer and Lath. However, on Claude, it's... Uh, so here we go. Claude has a close relationship with her brother, and she's got his protection. But once he's gone, what does that do for her life, knowing that nobles get traded for marriage as well? Bye-bye, hmm. Claude. So we'll see. We might be losing Claude. That's all we got? Is that all we got? That's 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 all we're teased on there. On Mary and Elizabeth. Mm. Um, Francis' death heightens the dynamic between Mary and Elizabeth because suddenly they're both vying for the same men, really. It makes Mary more of a threat to Elizabeth because the question becomes, who is she going to marry next? And because she has to make a political marriage, will it be something that puts Elizabeth in even more jeopardy? Um, Plus, uh, his death puts a young king, even younger than Francis, on the throne, and that shifts the dynamic in France as well. Obviously, Charles. Obviously, yeah. Who is annoying? Um, Now, in terms of of what she says about the epic romance um, loss and how we're going to deal with that, uh, Lori writes, I think that there will be another epic romance. I'm not promising that it'll be an epic romance for Mary right away, but there are other epic romances coming. And one of them is Elizabeth and Dudley in England. I think the show's more than, than that. I trust that the architecture of the show can hold an epic romance, but that, but that that's not all that the show is. Oh, I completely agree with that. And that's, I think, why, like, this episode, it felt like, Almost a little cheesy at times because it was just too romantic and fluffy. But I understand why they did it, so I'm not mad about it. And it just, like, added to me being just really sad. Um, So good job, Rain. You made me cry. (laughs) Well, speaking of that, we all have to recover. None more so than Mary. So on Mary's recovery, I think she's going to recover because she will find her strength. It puts her... In, frankly, a scrappier position because she's not just losing the love of her life. She's losing the alliance with France. And what that foretells is that at some point she's going to return to Scotland. She's going to lay claim to the throne that is actually her throne in the country that she was born to rule. And we're very well positioned for that to be coming down the line very much in the same way that this season we're expanding to the court of Elizabeth to England. Mm-hmm. It's actually going to give her more stories and more challenges. In the, scheme, same, in the scheme of her life, France was not only tenuous, but really just the first chapter of her life. It is. It, like she, she has such an incredible life, and I'm... It's, it's, yeah, it's going to be... we got a lot of lots going on. Oh, Crystal says thanks. Uh, great spoilers. Thanks, Phil. 
Well, I didn't make up those spoilers. That was Lori. I just happened to read uh, Entertainment Weekly. But thank you, nonetheless. <laughs> That's what I do. We try to find those bits of information and present it to you if you haven't already found it. Oh. So. I like it. Uh, somebody just wrote a really cool thing. Given the style of the show, Mary could grant Bash the title of Lord Darnley and write it and write it that the real one died young and tell all her court that to pretend he's the real one. Oh, and bring Bash with her to Scotland. Oh. 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 Keep Bash oh. in there. Oh. I like that. <laughs> I think that about wraps up this episode. It does. It does. Again, very, uh, less on the plot, but very, very heavy in emotion. Um, once again, at Keaton Markey. At wait, at After Buzz TV, or do you want to give your other Twitter? No, you're, you're that's at, fine. No. At you, Keaton Markey. At Phil. Comment along. Let us know what you guys thought of this episode. Uh, did you cry? It's okay if you did. Keaton certainly did. I was sad. I came very close, but I was sad. I'm I did not cry. I was, I'm a crier. Um, but nonetheless, and uh, now we've, we're going to see where we end up at. So do we, we have an episode next week? We do have an episode next week. We do? We do? And then we have Thanksgiving. So, so we have a week off. Probably. Probably. I can't say with certainty, but I think that's what it is. Well, thank you guys all so much for watching this episode of uh, After Buzz TV's Rain After Show, and we'll see you next week. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After Shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.